Good night everyone. Welcome back to the Meter Mash podcast. I want to start off by saying happy new year to everyone. And I hope everyone has a prosperous new year and I hope everyone is blessed this year. 2020 was not the best of years. Um, it lived up to a true leap year. Um, but you know, I pray and hope that um, this year, you know, things improve a lot. So tonight I want to talk about um, the Wonder Woman um, 84, 1984 movie. Um, I, this is my first movie review or TV series review. Um, and uh, this movie is actually a contentious one because there, there are a lot of people who say that, you know, this movie is terrible, it's garbage, it's trash, and, um, you know, but how, how true is that? So, hopefully by the end of... Um, this podcast, I will have, you know, conferred everything that I, you know, really think about this movie. So, let me just start off by saying that um, the first Wonder, Woman, first Wonder Woman movie was wonderful. Um, it, was, it was well done, well acted, the action was really good. Um, I didn't particularly like the final villain in Ares, but... You know, it was a good movie. I gave that movie a 7.5 out of 10. It was a really good movie. So, you know, this new movie takes place in 1984. You know, it's it's not exactly modern, but, you know, more modern than the first movie, which took place during World War One, I, I believe. And so in looking at this movie, I'm going to look at, um, I'm going to divide it into pros and cons. And then I'm going to give a final um, number grade um, on the movie. So, one of the major pros for me in Wonder Woman 84 was the acting. They selected a wonderful group of actors. Um, Pedro Pascal, you know, he played Maxwell Lord. And I think he, he did an excellent job. Um, Pedro Pascal is a great actor. Um, we've seen him in Narcos. Um, he played Oberyn Martell from um, Game of Thrones. You know, he was brilliant in that. And um, he's recently in The Mandalorian, which is another top series. Um, so, you know, this guy has a lot of range as an actor. In the comics, uh, Max Lord has been depicted as a shrewd businessman with um, telepathic persuasion, which was somewhat hinted at um, in the film, you know, getting people to make of, um, you know, absurd wishes, you know, um, despite the repercussions. Um, so he has often appeared as a super villain who is, you know, seen as a foe of um, Wonder Woman or Supergirl. So, you know, in the film, um, Max's motivations to ultimately make his son proud and to be appreciated by people, I think that was well portrayed by, by Pascal. Um, you know, even though the, pre the, the premise of the Dreamstone is very gimmicky which we'll get to, you know, he's wanting to make um, his son proud and people recognize him. I think that was, you know, understandable, but I don't think it was justified. Um, you know, as we see in the, in the movie, you know, greed corrupts us. And um, I think that was expertly showed, you know, that, you know, Lord kept granting wish after wish and, you know, taking and taking. You know, he did not have enough. And ultimately, he almost lost himself 
and almost lost his son. And, you know, and, I, and again, I said, I think that was well acted. You could see that he just wanted more and more. This is what greed um, can, you know, do to a lot of people. Um, I think something that a lot of people, um, at least I hope they recognize, is that Max is the true villain of the show. You know, it, it's not actually not Cheetah. Which I am disappointed with. I think Cheetah is a big enough super villain to, you know, be the main villain. You know, but you know, the Max Lord is, is the ultimate villain. He's the major villain in, in this in this um thing. And I think you know, I think he did a good job, you know, despite the script being somewhat shaky and the plot of the film being very shaky. Um Christian Wigas Cheetah, Barbara Minerva. I absolutely loved her portrayal of um, Barbara before she became Cheetah. She was awkward, you know, no one noticed her, you know, she was like a, the quintessential ugly duckling in the eyes of um, society. And yet, you know, her charm um, shone through it all. Um, you know, she was still likable, you know, as, as Barbara, you know, she was quirky. I liked her character before, you know, before she became um cheetah you know even though she was clumsy and you know she muttered a lot and you know was very not very confident she was still a charming person you know especially you saw that she there was a scene where she carried um she carried um food for this um homeless guy so you know she was a kind um person um you know after having her wish though you know her transformation towards the cheetah character was you know it was again it was well done it was well acted you know she became more seductive she became more confident you know more assertive you know she became more aggressive she stood up to that guy that um tried to assault her you know and um and i think you know i think that's very accurate because you know i know you know we all know a girl whose head gets um swollen when men start paying attention to her we all know somebody like that and, you know, Barbara and, you know, her slow descent into Cheetah, she didn't want to go back to the life, you know, where she was like a zero to society, you know. So her descent into villainy then was understandable. What I did not like about Cheetah, though, was her um, transformation into to the actual Cheetah, the actual body transformation with the T. I didn't like that. And I think that kind of ties into the plot. Uh, I will soon, you know, talk about that. So, you know, for those who do not know, um, in the comics, um, you know, Cheetah is cursed with the powers of a Cheetah deity after a failed expedition in Africa. Um, she's also rather wealthy in the comics. And, yeah, she, she's still an archaeologist. Um, but, you know, I guess if she was wealthy in the movie uh, it wouldn't tie in well with the narrative and you know the main changes they do that uh, um, all the time and i didn't mind this change in the origin of the character um you know but i didn't like the fact that her transformation was done off screen you know um wonder woman flew in and then you know suddenly you know she's cheetah now with a tail and everything I, I didn't like that i wanted to see her go, visually go transform into the cheetah um you know yeah and again you know i knew she made a wish to be an apex predator and i understand that you know yeah you know a cheetah is an apex predator but i mean why a cheetah you know like i know 
that she has to become cheetah you know but you know i i don't think they did a good enough job of you know seeing her as as, as to how she became cheetah like i understood yeah you know wonder woman was wearing the cheetah print shoes and she was wearing a cheetah print jacket but you know why that particular apex predator you know they, they never really brought up cheetah they never mentioned the word cheetah they you know they didn't do anything like that so i don't think that that was um well done that's just my opinion and then you know wonder woman you know um i loved the portrayal of young diana you know showing her at a young age that she was already skilled um you know she tried to she to take a shortcut and um you know win the the competition but you know um you know there was a lesson there that you know you can't take a shortcut you can't cheat you know you have to just work through you know whatever ordeal do not cheat and um that was a lesson towards the end of the film um i think her clear loneliness was also well portrayed by um gado um because you have to understand you know, that this was 1984 um there was a cultural revolution of the time during the 80s and you know the world was on the precipice of the old and um you know ushering in the new and you know wonder woman was you know kind of stuck in between both she even said that you know she didn't ha even have a television um and i think that was why she readily you know had back steve even though she knew that it couldn't last or that it couldn't be real um you know she wanted to feel loved again she wanted to be happy again but you know as the as the heroine you know she has to make that ultimate sacrifice to relinquish her her wish you know as you know that's what that's what heroes do they often sacrifice their happiness for the greater um good so i think what i think her acting was you know i think she did fine um you know beautiful as always perfect casting um steve you know not much to say you know chris pine did a good job of you know being mesmerized by you know the new world the new advances um and i think he, he did that wonderful job of you know helping diana find her way you know and reminding her that she's the she's a hero heroine um sorry you know and that the world needs her so you know okay performance um there are certain plot elements too which i think were pro which i think was really good you know um her learning how to fly which is a plot hole and i'll deal with that but you know her learning to fly you know with that whole romantic moment with steve i think that was well done um learning how her loss of truth works you know the lore of that the invisible plane um maybe a lot of people don't know that but that's a part of the wonder woman mythos that you know she can make she has an invisible plane so i think that that was well done our boomerang tiara that was well done that's a very classic wonder woman thing in the in in justice league and in the comics so i, I like that um the golden eagle armor which was actually made by hephaestus um it was made to withstand fighting superman she it came with a sword but i don't think uh, a sword that can cut superman but i don't think that that was shown in the film i i don't remember so you know yeah certain plot elements were really good um and the visuals you know the visuals were stunning you know the, the fireworks um you know her riding the lightning her flying amazon you know some of the fight sequences you know it was all it was all good you know that 
so the, you know, the visuals were, were were really good. Um, I especially enjoyed the fight sequence between her and Cheetah, even though it was very short and way too dark. It was way too dark, but I still enjoyed it because it's you know it's one of the few action sequences in the in the movie. So you know I did enjoy it. Now let's get to the part where a lot of people um, slate the show for, and you know these are the cons. Wonder Woman 1984 has a lot of plot holes, and I I cannot go through all of them. This is already at 12 minutes, so I'm going to go through the ones that you know kind of stick out to me. The first one is Steve. How is Steve? Steve is a pilot from World War One. How on earth is he able to you know have the know-how to fly a jet? You know, I, I don't I don't understand that. I don't know if it is a case where the dream grants you, you know, abilities to I don't I don't know. It was never said. But you know, if he came back with you know as Steve from nineteen how long, how did he know how to fly a jet? Secondly, how did the jet have fuel? It is a museum. You know, how how would that jet have fuel to fly to Cairo? And back, I I don't understand that. Um, sticking to Steve, um, the fact of the matter is only Diana can see Steve. Everybody else sees the man, um, as his actual face and not as Steve. Because you have to remember, you know, when Steve looked in the mirror, he saw the image of the man whose body he was inhabiting. So. You know the point where she's like, "Oh, you know, we can't take, we can't go on it because, you know, Steve, you don't have a passport because people think you're, you're dead. How long? That, I mean, that didn't make sense to me because he's inhabiting somebody's body. The person in that body could possibly have, um, you know, could possibly have a passport. I mean, I don't know how they would find that out. But I just, I just found that strange. It was as if she forgot that, you know, this wasn't actually um, Steve." Now, I mentioned earlier about the flight thing being a plateau. We saw that Wonder Woman could fly at the, in the last movie. She, she was flying when she fought Aries. She already learned how to fly. So that she couldn't fly now, you know, made absolutely no sense. She should have at least 50 to 60 years of it, you know. Her saying she has no idea about how to fly. I, I, I just don't understand that. Maybe I missed something in... Um, you know, but I, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, I know it was done to give her and Steve, um, a romantic moment, but to me it was a plot hole because she already knows how to fly. That's what I think. So I, I don't, I don't know. Another thing to I never understood was the golden eagle armor. Now, this is a relic of the Amazonian. Um, why on earth would they allow it to leave Amazon? Again, if I miss something from the first film, you can point it out in the comments. I will be posting this on Twitter. I can message me on WhatsApp because I, 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 unless I miss something, I don't understand why they would allow a relic of that nature, of that importance, to leave Amazon and for Wonder Woman to just have it, you know, in her closet under some towel. I, I don't, I don't understand that. You know, I think an armor like that 
should have been something like Thor's hammer. You know, something that she can summon in battle. You know, she's struggling against... Um, she's struggling against, you know, Cheetah. You know, she could summon that and, and whatever. And then, what I don't understand either is what exactly, what advantage did the armor um, give her in that battle with Cheetah? Because I understood in the comics why she had that made because she had to fight um superman and other people of the strength of superman so i understand that but you know cheat yes cheetah is strong but you know i think she could have beaten cheetah without the, the the golden armor was that for cool factor i i don't know so i just found that to be very strange and i think the biggest plot hole, the biggest, some of the biggest plot hole is from the whole premise with the dreamstone and the wishing and whatsoever. So some wishes disappear altogether. Some don't. And for some of them, you still see the aftermath of the wish. And, you know, you're like, which is it? You know, is it that time reverse? What exactly is happening? His son is still um, in some forest somewhere. You know, it's also strange, you know, people... Um, some people come back to life. Some some people don't. It, it's all very strange to me, and I don't know. I don't think that that was was well done. Um, I think it was already a gimmicky. Like I say, the plot was very gimmicky. Um, the idea of uh, I, I'll talk about that in 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 a minute about the the entire plot of the movie and with the whole dreamstone thing. But I just think that you know the whole wish thing and you know the repercussions of the wish and yeah, I don't think it was well executed at all especially Max's son made a wish and they never addressed that his wish was to be as great as his father and that wish is never addressed what does that mean what does that translate to we never know um and then find, for, for me one of the biggest things to me was that the villains go free at the end um it is never addressed you know max lord yes he's sorry about what he did and he apologized to his son and you know but what happened what happened and after all the people he hurt after all the people cheetah killed i believe she killed people um nothing there, there's absolutely nothing she you know cheetah beat a guy to almost to death if not to death and nothing happens you know was that reversed was you know like that's a huge glaring game plot, plot hole there yeah um you know the villains go free there's no anything you know it's just a happy ending you know is it all a dream what what exactly is it? what happened to cheetah and um and max in the end we don't know and again the entire premise of the dreamstone is a terrible narrative for me i i mean look like i said previously um Barbara got cursed by a cheetah um, deity, a cheetah goddess or an, an anima or whatever you want to call it. That could have easily made a movie. Like I said, cheetah is a big enough villain for you to make a movie about her. Now, yes, you can include Maxwell Lord. You can say Maxwell Lord funded the, the, the expedition. There's so many different plot elements they could have chosen to make a better narrative. The idea of a dreamstone... Um, you know, I, I just don't, I just think it's too, too gimmicky. 
for a Wonder Woman movie. That's that's just my entire thing with that. And and I think that's why a lot of people hated it. Which leads to my final con, which is it was not what people expected. Um the, the movie was very emotional. It was well acted, it, you know, it played on the emotion of the characters. And um, you know, it had that emotional narrative about growth, acceptance and you know stuff like that love and and all of that and you know not you know not like what what we desire may not be what is best for for the world you know um but it was not what we expected because um i think it was a big psych because if you look at the trailers they showed all the action even the scene with the lightning where she's swinging on lightning that scene didn't make any sense because they showed it for five seconds and that's it. There was no need for her to swing on lightning. There was no narrative benefit other than you saying, oh yeah, that's cool. You know, that, that was it. So, you know, it's not what people expected. They, you know, they completely psyched us by making the trailer absolutely amazing. And then, you know, that's it. The action sequences were good, not great. They were way too far in between. In the first hour, there was no action. Um, other than the, the scene where, you know, Diana is, young Diana is, um, you know, taking part in the competition. But other than that, that's it, you know. So it was not what people expected. So, you know, overall, I, you know, here comes the part where I give the letter, the number grade. It, it's hard, but I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Um, I did not hate the movie. That's the first thing I want to say. I didn't hate it. Um, it was not what I expected. It wasn't a terrible movie. It wasn't great. Um, but it was okay. You know, it was possible. The acting to me ultimately saved the movie. The acting saved the movie. Um, yeah, but the plot, the plot was terrible. Um, yeah, the plot terrible. Acting great. 6 out of 10. And yes, that's that's the end of um, this podcast. Um, oh yeah, would I recommend that you watch? I I mean, you wouldn't miss out if you didn't watch it. Um, I think it's something that you can play, and you know, you know, you do something in the meantime. Um, it it it's like I said, it's an okay movie. It's six out of ten. So, thanks for listening, guys. This one's a little bit longer than usual, but I wanted to, you know, get all my points across. And um, thank you for tuning in. And um, I hope to see you again for the next episode. Thank you very much and have a good night.